Hello, thank you for joining me today for Give Him 15. And the title of our post today is Supernatural Guidance. The Hebrew word for intercession is paga. You're going to hear that a lot over the next day or so. Like many Hebrew words, paga represents more of a general concept which can be applied to various scenarios. The concept of paga is of two or more people, places, or things meeting, coming together for pretty much any reason. Therefore, it is used in the context of encounter, meet, in order to visit, request, attack, and more. In the context of land or light upon, boundaries, because land joins or meets at a boundary. So it's used for boundaries. Burdens placed, being placed or laid upon someone because it meets them. And more. These meetings can even be by chance. So it means to happen upon. Paga is translated as intercession, interestingly enough. Not because it means asking or petitioning. It doesn't but because intercession is meeting with God, creates meetings between God and others, meets and attacks spiritual enemies, and builds boundaries of protection, etc. Looking at references where paga is used to describe various activities, regardless of the English word used to translate it, gives us different pictures of what intercession, paga, can accomplish. This week, we will look at a significant use of paga in the life of Jacob. The context is loaded with insights into what can occur when intercession, paga, takes place. To understand this passage regarding Jacob, we need to first look back at the life of Abraham, his grandfather. Genesis 12, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land which I'll show you, and I'll make you a great nation, and I'll bless you, and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you, the one who curses you, I'll curse. And in you, very important statement, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. The promise of blessing the world, of course, referred to Messiah coming from Abraham's descendants. He was offered a partnership with God that would be used to save the world. After this agreement, Abraham began his journey of faith as commanded. One of the first places he stopped was Bethel, originally named Luz. Bethel means the house of God, house or household of God. 
Abraham was no doubt led to this place by God. He didn't even know where he was going when he left home. Yahweh had simply said, go forth to the land which I will show you. By leading Abraham immediately to Bethel, I believe Yahweh was making a profound statement to him. You left your earthly father's house to honor, obey, and serve me, Abraham. Now I'm receiving you into my house. I'll provide for you, take care of you, bless you greatly, and one day use you to fully restore my house, the house of God. This was obviously a special occasion for Abraham. He commemorated the time by building an altar of remembrance and by calling on the name of the Lord. Bethel became a sacred place to Yahweh as well. Fast forward to Jacob, Abraham's grandson. The promises to Abraham would have to go through him, including the promise of the Messianic line. Forming Jacob's link in the chain begins in Genesis 28, 10 through 19. I'm not gonna read it all, I'm gonna speed read through parts of it, but it is all here for those of you that wanna read it. Jacob departed from Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of the place, put it under his head, and lay down in that place. He had a dream. Behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants, your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west, east, north, south, and in you and in your descendants all, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Notice how almost verbatim, this is exactly what God had said to Abraham. Behold, I'm with you, will keep you wherever you go, bring you back to this land, and I won't leave you until I've done everything I promised. Jacob awake, awoke from his sleep, said, God is in this place. I didn't know it. This is the house of God and a gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up as a pillar or altar and poured oil on top. And he called the name of the place Bethel, house of God. Pagah is the word for intercession, is tucked in this passage, and we will see it momentarily. First, just a little background. Jacob has stolen his brother Esau's birthright, and Esau decides to kill him over it. He's had enough of Jacob's conniving ways. Jacob's only recourse is to flee the region and live with his uncle. En route, he comes to Bethel. Although most people don't realize it, it had been a hundred years or more since 
Abraham's encounter with the Lord at Bethel. His altar, made of stones, had long since fallen down. And Abraham's significant history with the place had obviously not been passed down to Jacob. Bethel meant nothing to him. Verses 16 and 19 make it clear. He stopped at this place by chance, pagah, to come upon a place, and it sometimes means by chance, because, the passage says, the sun had set, and he needed a place to sleep. But God, what was by chance to Jacob was not happenstance to God. The literal Hebrew rendering of a place or a certain place, he came to a place in verse 11 is actually the place. What the Hebrew says, what God says, he came to the place. Many scholars believe God had led Jacob to the very place, the place. He had led Abraham in order to extend the very same covenant and promises to him, which he did. In fact, many believe, myself included, that the stone Jacob laid under his head while he slept was one of those from Abraham's fallen altar. Though this can't be proven, it would have been so like God. The place was not only sacred to Abraham, it was to Yahweh as well. Jacob later called it a gate of heaven. Bethel represented a promise, a partnership between God and a man for the purpose of redeeming the household of God, Bethel. That's why he did it at Bethel, because of what it means. So it represents this partnership, this covenant between God and a man to redeem the house of God, as the name reveals. And while Jacob slept on the altar of his grandfather, Abraham, an altar of remembrance, the heavens opened. Angels became active. And in a dream, the same covenant words Yahweh had spoken to Abraham 100 years earlier were remembered and supernaturally flowed to him in what could not possibly be a coincidence. Abraham's altar was reestablished. Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone he had put under his head and set it up as a pillar or an altar of remembrance and poured oil on it. Abraham's altar reestablished. Same covenant, same lineage, same place, same altar, same redemptive plan. Though Jacob was completely ignorant of what had previously occurred at Bethel and how it was a picture of restoring God's house, Holy Spirit 
was nonetheless able to get him to the place. It absolutely had to occur at Bethel because Bethel was symbolizing the plan, restoring the house of God through Abraham's offspring. Thus, the all-wise and all-powerful God supernaturally caused Jacob to land on, meet, encounter, paga, the correct place where he would reestablish Abraham's covenant, announce Jacob's destiny, and further the redemptive plan, meeting, paga, the meeting, by chance, to Jacob but not to God. A similar thing, remember that's the same word for intercession. A similar thing happens when we intercede, paga. At times, you're not sure exactly what or how to pray. It feels as though we have to land or light upon the correct prayer by chance but we can trust Holy Spirit to guide us in, in our prayers. Guide us in our prayers and guide them, the prayers, to the target. We can do it when we don't even know what we're doing. They will land upon the right person or place and release the covenant of the Lord in the earth. to light upon with the precision of God is the very definition of intercession. Trust Him and let's pray. Father, we are amazed at Your ways, Your supernatural ability to arrange our lives. Just as You guided Abraham, and Jacob, you can cause our intercession to land upon the right places, people, or situations to release your covenant blessings into the earth. As we agree together today from around the world, cause our prayers and decrees to land on unbelievers, send them to the right people right now. Prodigals, government leaders, nations. Holy Spirit, carry them where they need to go. Send scriptures, dreams, visions, power encounters, and other occurrences to release the covenant of Christ. Release salvation, healing, deliverance from demons and deception, freedom from trafficking and other forms of oppression, release revelation of truth and power to tear down strongholds and deception, freeing spiritual captives from sin and darkness, release movements of Holy Spirit into the earth. We release the appeals. You release the accuracy. We believe this and seal it with Christ's name. Amen.
And our decree is, we decree that the power of Holy Spirit is being released from the ecclesia now. Amen. And I need to tell you to be ethical. Portions of today's post were taken from the book, The Essential Guide to Prayer. It's a big, sort of a beginner's guide to intercession that I wrote several years ago, published by Baker Books. You can find them on our website, anywhere books are sold. A good book for people gives you the introductory principles of intercession. Some people that read my book, Intercessory Prayer, said, I like this one too, because you say it in a different way, as though you're talking to baby Christians, and they just were blessed by it. So, take it from there. God's going to cause your, your prayers to fall upon the right person, the right place, at the right time, even when you're not sure how to pray. That's the lesson for today. We're going to pick up right there tomorrow. See you then.